Right on radio. Right on radio. Narrating the end of the world. The end of the world. This news just in. We are your news now. Providing the play-by-play for the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right on, right on, right on. Live right. Live right. In the real world. Right on radio. Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. Yes, indeed, you are listening to Right On Radio. And if I am right about timelines, I am narrating the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. What an honor it is, and what a better way to do that. But by reading his word, which not only tells you of the future, but it tells you how to live right in the real world, which is both visible and invisible. And in this particular chapter, I'm going to pick up where we left off last week, but it's really going to talk about something that has been very controversial in Christian circles, and I'm going to address it for you today, and I pray the Holy Spirit speaks through me. In fact, Heavenly Father, I just praise your name, and I give you all glory, Lord, because you are worthy. I invite the Holy Spirit to speak through me, and Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit will speak from the inside of every single person who listens to this, and that you personalize this message for them. And as Peter wrote this to the Different people scattered throughout. Lord, you are writing to the people today who are scattered without and listening to your word. So I praise your name and I thank you, Jesus, Holy Spirit, and the Father. Amen. Hey, uh, real quick, just this uh, podcast is listener supported. Uh, I thank each one of you who support the show. I don't call you out. I don't give you special privileges or anything like that just because I believe that God should be your award and not Jeff. So if you do appreciate the things that I do, um, the hours I put in, and you feel like you should be supporting it, I'd ask that you pray about it. And if if God puts it on your heart, then uh, you would do so and that he will be your reward, not me. (laughs) It's much better... Uh, reward. Uh, there's a number of ways to do it. You can always check the uh, description box below the video. Some of the links, by the way, like I do My Liberty Stand and uh, and Pet Club, uh, you know, EMP Shield, some of those links won't work on different platforms. They just don't translate. Uh, you might just have to copy the link or, you know, I've always, I always give out the links um, or you can just ask me and I'll give it to you as well. And I can always be reached at right on Jeff at gmail.com. So I'm going to forsake uh, doing the uh, worship song today. I'm actually pre-recording this. It is Thursday. I'm going to be recording another video right after this for uh, use today, Thursday's show. Uh, but I decided last night that I would get away for 
a couple of days, saw the forecast and just feel like spending a little bit of time near a lake in the woods. So please pray for me. And because this is not live, I'm going to ask that you do comment on the video and let me know what you think. But because there is no live chat this morning, uh, for those of you who are on Telegram, or if you're not, please join our Telegram channels, but use the chat channel uh, today on Telegram to do your chat about the video. I will be looking at it and I will comment back as well. Um, I'll be with you, uh, maybe even live in the chat. You never know. Uh, but let's get into 1 Peter chapter 2. I'm going to read the entire thing and then I'll pick up where we left off. But I'm actually going to start in the very last sentence of chapter 1 because chapter 2 starts out with therefore, which means you really got to read what he's talking about. So the very last uh, sentence in chapter 1, and this is the word which was preached to you. Chapter 2. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. And like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation, if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. And coming to him as to a living stone, which has been rejected by people, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. You also are living stones and are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, for this is contained in Scripture. Behold, I am laying, a, laying in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and the one who believes in him will not be put to shame. This precious value, then, is for you who believe, but for unbelievers. A stone which the builders rejected this became the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. For they stumble because they are disobedient to the word, and to this they were also appointed. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved. I urge you as foreigners and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts, which wage war against the soul. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, 
so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God on the day of visitation. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority or to the governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God that by doing right, you silence the ignorance of foolish people. Act as free people. And do not use your freedom as a covering for doing evil, but use it as bond servants of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are harsh. For this finds favor. If for the sake of conscience toward God, a person endures grief when suffering unjustly, for what credit is there if, when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience? But when you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it. This finds favor with God. For you have been called for this purpose, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you would follow in his steps. He who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth, and while being abusively insulted, he did not insult in return. While suffering, he did not threaten, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. And he himself brought our sins in his body up on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. For his wounds were healed, for you were continually straying like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. God bless the reading of your word. So I'm going to pick up in verse 13 because that is where we left off. And this is a big part of consternation uh, in the Christian walk. There is great debate about it. And I'm going to tell you up front that I do not have all of the answers. But I pray, I study, and I'm going to give you what I think. And I pray, most importantly, that the Holy Spirit will give revelation through me to help grow your faith and to help you understand how to walk out your salvation. Because your eternity began as soon as you were born again. Your new eternity. Verse 13, submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every 
human institution. Whether to a king as the one in authority or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. So let's just stop there. Submit your Lord, yourself for the Lord's sake to every human institution. That's a stumbling block, folks. Does God mean it literally when he says to every human institution? Yeah, he does. But I'm just going to interject a couple thoughts here. When I, I think what this whole thing is talking about is the condition of your heart. God is not telling you to do things that go against what God has commanded you to do. So in our land, in Western civilization, oh boy, in Western civilization, we have rule of government, which is supposed to be working against the people. I'm not going to go down that road. This isn't a political show, but it's going to be somewhat political. And they are governed in the United States by the Constitution. That is the highest land, law of the land. So if they tell you to do something that is unconstitutional, I think it is good to stand up and say, I will not obey that because you're still within the law and you're still within the human institution. And from my reading of the Constitution, there's nothing in the Constitution that goes against the Word of God. So, for instance, if they put out a new mandate that said, you are not allowed to go into the streets and preach the Word of God, and by the way, that is happening. There's videos all over the Internet if you show up at a pride event, for instance, and you just stand on the corner and start reading the, uh, the good news, the Bible, uh, there's chances you will be arrested for it. And is that wrong? Are you disobeying a human institution? No. They are acting ungodly and unjustly. So there is a time when you can be righteous in going against human institutions. But it's about the heart. If you go there to do it, to do what is going to be punished by a human institution, rightly or wrongly, and it's going to address that later on in this chapter, as you already heard, 
If you do that with rebellion in your heart, if you're going there to create a scene, if you're going there to purposely cause offense, and by the way, the the book, the Bible is an offense. It is, remember in the last chapter, the cornerstone, a stumbling block where they fall and they are smashed because of their disobedience to God. It will convict all of those. So if you go there being a rebel rouser, then I think you actually have evil in your heart. Oh, you can justify it being righteous. And where do I get this from? It's from the following verses. So I just want to give you a high-level view of this, folks. There are We are to obey every human institution until it contradicts with God. And then you can be free to be in disobedience to the human institution, but you have to be doing what is right. And you are not to be doing it with rebellion. You're doing it because you're honoring your God and you fear him more than a human institution. You see, if you go out and yeah, I'm just going to keep that pride parade example of going out. If you're going out there, I'll show them. I'm going to convict them. Hail and brimstone will come upon you. <clears throat> you have sinned. You need God. You might justify it saying they need salvation, and they do. But did the Holy Spirit really command you to go there? In some cases, maybe the Holy Spirit will command you to do that. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say in most cases, you have rebellion in your heart and it's evil. And you're putting it with, you're high, covering it with a cloak. Let me continue. For such is the will of God that by doing right, you silence the ignorance of foolish people. <clears throat> so what's doing what's right? Just stand, just stand your ground. Don't, you don't have to go out and be in their face. There's a time and a place. Do not use your freedom, listen to this, as, as a covering for evil. You see, that's why I think this is about your heart. You are called to be free in God. You were set free by God. But don't use it as a covering for doing evil. And by the way, staying with that example, are you when you go there because you want to be a rebel and you want to all show them, are you making them like the word of God more or hate the word of God more? Think about it. There's plenty of examples, but that's just one. There are times when we do need to stand up, but we need to discern when it is right. 
but use it as bond servants of God. Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. <laughs> now, <laughs> I can't help but noticing this specific words here. Um, obviously, we're to love the neighbor, our neighbors. We're to love everyone in this world. We're to be a demonstration of love. But we know the brotherhood is the Luciferian cabal. And I, you know, the Lord knew that we'd be reading this at this time. And I just ask the question, is he specifically saying we need to love those people? I think he is. Fear God and honor the king. Got to remember at the time when they uh, wrote this, this was not, there wasn't presidents and prime ministers and premiers and all that stuff. So the king is the ruler of your land. And then to further this dive into how we're to live real, <laughs> live right in the real world, servants, and unless you're a king, you're a servant, and we are kings and priests, but that's in the spirit. He's talking in the flesh here. Be subject to your masters with all respect. Not only to the ones who are good and gentile, but also to those who are harsh. Well, who are your masters? Well, it's the ones who create the law of the land. It's the ones who enforce the law of the land. It's the banking cartel because the borrower is slave to the lender. Be subject to respect your masters with all respect, not only to those that are good and Gentile, but also to those who are harsh. If you're an employee and your boss is a prick to serve that person well is to serve your Lord. It's a heart issue. No, but he's wrong. He does this. He does that. She does this. She does that. It's unfair. It's unfair. Where's your heart at? Brothers and sisters, where's your heart? This is tough stuff, folks, and none of us are perfect. That's why, you know, even in, in the first chapter of this, it talks about your mind, because we need to get into the mindset of becoming in the likeness of Christ. When Christ was being accused falsely. He didn't yell back and say, you ignorant prick, you're wrong. He didn't. He wanted to honor his father 
and he endured it. You know what? Just because it's on my mind, I had a communication with someone earlier. And I just want to say this in regard to verse 18. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and Gentile, but also to those who are harsh. You know, there is a big push, and you're going to hear more about this on this show in the coming week or weeks, about being the sovereign citizen and, you know, the land of the water, the common law, <laughs> dark to light. Um, and I, I fell into it for a little while too. Uh, thankfully, I, I saw the light at the end of the tunnel, but this whole sovereign citizen thing, that's actually a rebellion in your heart, whether it's right or not. Where's your heart at? Screw the man, dude. I have been given inalienable rights by God. Yes, you have, but you're also under the king. You're also in the world system, and the ruler of this world is Satan. And many of those people who claim, I'm a sovereign citizen, I don't need a driver's license. Well, guess what? The guy who pulled you over has a gun, and he says you do. And then so does the judge who is in the, you know, the maritime law. All that stuff is right. But that's the system that is in place. Are we going to common law? Yeah, probably. Dark to light. Verse 19. For this finds favor if for the sake of conscience toward God, a person who endures... Grief when suffering unjustly. For what credit is there if when you sin, you are harshly treated, you endure it with patience. So when you sin, <laughs> you do the crime, you do the time. Sin will be punished. You know, you're not going to have eternal consequence for your sin. But if when we sin in this world, and we do, it's not right. We want to sin less, but we sin. There's consequence to that sin. You go and gossip about your neighbor. <laughs> Someone's going to tell someone and you're going to be caught as a gossiper and then they're going to despise you. Whatever it is, there's all different levels of sin. And there's consequence. It's just God's laws. But listen to this. But when you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it. This finds favor with God. You know, we just went through a period of mandates which were unjust. They were unlawful. They really were unlawful because a mandate is not law. And I'll just use myself as an example. Myself, in rebellion, I would not wear a mask. 
I did not care for social distancing. I knew all of that was crap. And I knew none of it was from God. But yet it was the law of the land. Now, there were a couple times when it would have been convenient for me to go into a government building, for instance, because I needed to address something, whether it be a, a license or whatever it is. But they were strictly enforcing in those, and they would not serve you if you didn't wear a mask. So I didn't go. It was as simple as that. Now, in grocery stores and stuff like that, they would serve you, and I would go to a grocery store, and I wouldn't wear a mask. But I could have easily gone to, you know, the driving department, you know, the uh, DOT or the MTO, whatever country you're in, and no, you're wrong. Look, they're people. They have their beliefs. They're following orders. Who are we to judge them and say, you were wrong? We know it's wrong, but who are we to judge them? So I chose not to go and make a scene. And I found other ways of getting the job done. So in a way, I silently protest. I would not do, I would not take an ungodly unlawful order but I didn't go and force my beliefs on anyone else and tell them they're going to go to hell <laughs> you know what I mean so where is your heart and again I have some new listeners some new Christians some new ones that are coming out of deception your soul is your intellect, your emotions. It's your soul, you know, um, your soul and your spirit are spirit. They're, they can't touch them physically. Your soul is you, your spirit is your life from God. It's confusing to some, but I think in the most simplistic terms, we need to understand that. So if your soul is your emotions and that's your heart, where's your heart at? But when you do what is right and suffer for it patiently and endure it, this finds favor with God. Do you see how the kingdom of God and the word of God is the polar opposite of the world and the way the world thinks and the way the world you were taught by the world. If you're wondering what to do, what if what's right, well, you know, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Quick, really effective tool, by the way. But you could also just think, what has the world taught me? And it's probably the opposite. And I think that you'll find a lot of truth in that statement. Verse 21. For you have been called for this purpose. 
<laughs> Did you catch that? Okay, let me read the uh, verse 20 before I read verse 21. You ever wonder what your calling is? <laughs> you know, oh, well, I'm called to be an evangelist. I'm called to be a preacher. I'm called to be a teacher. The Lord works mightily through me. Somehow those things might be true. <laughs> but you want to know your calling? Here it is. For what credit is there if, when you sin, you are harshly treated, you endure it with patience? But when you do what is right and suffer for it, <laughs> you patiently endure it. This finds favor with God. Listen to this. For you have been called for this purpose. You've been called to suffer with Christ, being set apart, being holy as he is holy. There's your calling. Because Christ also suffered for you, leaving, listen to this, you an example so that you would follow in his steps. He, Jesus, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth, and while being abusively insulted, he did not insult in return. While suffering, he did not threaten, but kept entrusting himself to him, the Father, who judges righteously. And he himself brought our sins in his body up upon the cross so that we, that's you and me, might die to sin and live for righteousness. Rehashing verse 21, for you have been called for this purpose. By his wounds you were healed, verse 25, for you were continually straying like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and the guardian of your souls. So now that you have been returned to your shepherd, Jesus, who watches over his flock, who is the guardian of your soul, the one who gave you the perfect example, the one who took your sins upon the tree, He did it by keeping he by entrusting himself to him who judges rightly. Beloved, we are not of this world. 
We're not called to be part of it. We live in it. We have a great calling. And you just found out what that is, in part, because there's also the Great Commission. The Bible is very simple, folks, and it is the opposite of the world. Let me pray for you. Lord, I pray for the condition of each person's heart. Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit who dwells within the temple of each one, will minister to our souls, guard our emotions, and give us wisdom not to react to life. Lord, but to have the wisdom to do what is right, no matter what is thrown against us. Lord, you guard your flock. And even though we may suffer along with you, in fact, we will suffer because your word says it will. And I believe your word. Lord, you will carry us through that. And you will never, ever give us a trial that we cannot endure. For you are a good God. And Lord, I thank you for the encouraging words that when we do suffer through this by entrusting ourselves to our righteous judge. Lord, that you are with us. And not that we deserve it, Lord, but in these things we find your favor. Lord, I desire your favor. I desire your favor. Not just in the worldly things, Lord, but more importantly, throughout eternity. I pray that each one listening to this word will be one who does your will and will hear the words well done, my servant. In Jesus' name, I pray that for each one here. Remember to love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community by checking the condition of your heart and loving those who have been put into your path, all people. Amen.